Forbes India Cover Story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek. This package looks at 25 extraordinary women who've made a mark in their respective fields across a host of industries. Uh, joining me on the call for the first time is Forbes India's Varsha Meghani, who has anchored this issue and written three stories as well. Uh, hi, Varsha. Very, very good evening to you. Hi, Abhishek. Thanks so much. Good evening to you too. Thanks. Uh, Varsha, this is uh, the second edition of uh, what you call Forbes India W Power Trailblazers. So what was the yes. brief uh, this time around? Like you said, this is in the second year now. And what we try to do this year is, through the issue, shine a light on rising women stars in business. So we've put together a list of 25 women, both entrepreneurs and professionals, who are building businesses and driving institutions across a diverse range of industries and are really challenging stereotypes along the way. What is the criteria of putting these names? Uh, is it a ranking, a list that Forbes India is usually famous for? This is not a ranking. It's a qualitative selection of women. So so what we did is to, to kind of zero in on these 25 women. The Forbes India team first drew up a long list of names. To draw up that long list, we looked at five criteria. Uh, the first was they had to be rising entrepreneurs or professionals as opposed to established names. The second was that the women should have achieved something significant over the last year, in 2017, that is. Next, they should have they should have a robust or a unique business model. In the case of entrepreneurs, we were looking for external funding, you know, because that's validation. If they were bootstrapped, then we were look we looked for a path to profits. And finally, the women had to be an inspiration to other women in terms of you know setting the tone of what is possible. So, so we drew up this long list um, based on this criteria, and we took it to our jury. And the jury this this year was a star-studded one, if I may say so. Uh, we had seven uh, Hall of Famers. Uh, we had Vinita Bali, we had Nena Lal Kidwai, Zia Modi, Kalpana Morparya, Swati Piramal, Ashu Suyash, and Irina Victor. Uh, so they went through the long list, whittled it down, uh, you know, gave us their selection of shortlisted names. And uh, the final list of 25 was drawn up based on jury votes. We may not have uh, the time, although I would love to talk about each one of them. But one that comes to mind when you talk about rising entrepreneurs who are not known names and also have a unique business model is somebody that you've written about. Saral Designs, uh, the team that pushes uh, increase uh, of adoption of sanitary napkins in India. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so the girl behind this is um, uh, someone called Suhani Mohan. And she was an investment banker in a previous avatar. And when she came across this statistic that, uh, you know, uh, only 12% of the women in India use sanitary napkins, the others use cotton rags, uh, dry leaves, ash, in certain cases, hay. Um, so when she came across this statistic, it really moved her. And she decided to do something about it. Um, so she traveled across India to figure out, you know, to better understand the problem, figure out what business models work. She visited Arunachalam Muruganantanam's uh, setup as well in Chennai to, to kind of better understand how he, he worked now famous as Padman. And what they did is she, she then uh, teamed up with her co-founder, also an ex-IITN, and they developed a machine that churns out high quality but low-cost sanitary napkins. You know, from their research, what they found out was that women were not willing to spend on the low-cost sanitary napkins that are available in the market because they just weren't of a good quality. So they would say, you know, why spend so much when it's not durable? So they decided to benchmark their product against the best in the market. 
but still keep the costs low by cutting out on the distribution expenses, which make up for about 60% of the cost of most pads in the market. So they developed a proprietary machine that doles out about 7,000 pads a day. It costs about four to six rupees a pad as opposed to, say, seven to 12 for most MNCs. They have a very unique distribution model as well because they found that, you know, distribution costs amount to 60% of the cost of most pads. So they've tied up with NGOs and women to sell door-to-door in communities, which, you know, also word of mouth helps. And, um, yeah, they've sold about one million pads so far. So In India's context, uh, Varsha, while you were doing this, uh, putting this uh, package together, how difficult is it to be a, a woman entrepreneur, whether it's in an MNC or even a startup? Uh, given some statistics like a World Bank report, which was released last year in May, it ranks India at 120th among 131 countries for the lowest female participation in the workforce. In fact, as early as last year, outside agriculture, only 18% of Indian women have full-time jobs. Your list obviously has examples where women have done exceedingly well in, in a male-dominated uh, industry. Let's say uh, there were a couple of lawyers that you have profiled somewhere yeah. in that yeah. list. So are things changing or is it more of the same? Right. So, I mean, when you look at the statistics, yes, you know, the odds are stacked against women. But, uh, you know, from from our research and from putting together this issue on the ground, it doesn't seem like gender is holding back these women or any other barriers, so to speak. You know, the lawyers that you mentioned, um, Shivpriya Nanda and Dina Wadia, who held J. Sagar Associates, which is one of the top law firms in India. They say it's it's not a gender issue. It's It's in fact about how competent you are. And across the board, we've heard that from, you know, other women, like, for instance, as um, Manisha Raisinghani, who we featured as well. She runs Loginext. She's a co-founder as well as the CTO. Loginext is, uh, is, is a solution that optimizes logistics for companies by doing away with manual processes and replaces it with, uh, with a software that's rooted in deep learning and real-time analytics. So she's not just an anomaly in the world of logistics, but she's also an anomaly in the world of high-tech, which is not the most welcoming to women leaders. But again, you know, she, she also says that it's, it's not so much about gender, it's about, uh, it's about being competent and, and doing the job and, and doing it really well. And in fact, so some of them have had interesting career paths as well for those who will pick up the issue. I was surprised to read about Renu Sati of uh, Paytm Bank, uh, uh, BCom, and then 10 years in HR, and then now putting strategy in place for Paytm uh, Payments Bank. There's, uh, if I'm pronouncing the name right, uh, Nivruti Rai, who wanted to be a fashion designer and now is the boss of Intel. And among a plethora of projects, one of them is to is a tie-up with the Karnataka government, is what I read, where Intel will use machine learning uh, to improve road safety in India. Uh, It's not having a career path where you can explain to your neighbors why you are studying a certain branch of engineering, but more about finding your way, stumble, and then even if it's in your 30s or 40s, you eventually do what you like. Absolutely, absolutely. And these are about, you know, this is about women who are constantly reinventing themselves and not settling in even at later stages of their careers, like you mentioned, Renu Sati who began as an HR executive across organizations, uh, then landed up at uh, PTM, where again, she looked into HR and then looked into other, you know, various verticals within the company. Uh, Now she's heading up their payments bank uh, through what is perhaps one of their most exciting phases. Uh, You know, she's looking to deepen access to formal financial services in unbanked areas. There's also Nisha Dutt of IntelliCap, who's also had a very interesting journey. You know, she worked as a consultant at Deloitte, 
looking at technology and media and telecommunication kind of companies to now you know looking into the world of social impact intelicap is part of the avishkar intelicap group which is an impact advisory firm so intelicap primarily you know uh, before nisha joined they could advise microfinance in- institutions and institutions like the world bank the ifc on strat and uh, you know entering the indian market and then when she entered given her consulting background at deloitte she found that the private sector was being completely left out by intelicap so she roped in the private sector because she found that uh, the private sector was interested in the bottom of the pyramid and targeting that base and intelicap had uh, a strong expertise in you know in understanding that base so she put the two together and helped companies like unilever and other you know private sector companies on product innovations go to market strategies uh, distribution and so you know in that sense opened up a whole new stream of revenue for intelicap which was otherwise just focused on microfinance and multilateral institutions there's a line from the overview article varsha that you've uh, written is that there there perhaps may be a correlation between female leadership and financial performance is that a hypothesis or because if it does then more and more boards should be a little more open about uh, giving a fair uh, shot to meritorious women who are rising up the ranks because unfortunately uh, the boardrooms are also filled with men countries like norway and sweden where uh, you have almost 40 to 50% of women participating right on the top management india uh, does it seems to be an exception to that uh, I mean, you know you go through study after study and every study will will correlate fi- female leadership with financial performance so that is a given but unfortunately like you're saying you still don't see too many women at boards helming the top of companies but uh, again you know through this issue we hope to to be able to you know these women really we hope will serve as role models and inspiration to other women out there last question varsha if there are a couple of highlights that you might want to share uh, to our listeners what else can they expect uh, from this issue? sure there's um, so we have uh, himlata anamalai who set up uh, ampere vehicles which is an uh, manufacturer of uh, electric two wheelers and three wheelers uh, hers is a great story as well she's a serial entrepreneur and then uh, you know decided to enter this space way back in 2008 you know and today electric vehicles uh, you know they're a bit of a buzzword right now but back then wasn't so much of a buzzword and yet she saw you know a future for affordable and sustainable mobility solutions and and you know so so she's a, a visionary in that sense we we also have neha juneja who set up greenway gramin which uh, makes eco-friendly uh, stoves that emit 70% less smoke and consume 50% less fuel than uh, you know regular mud variants so she's another one who's you know driving change from the sidelines we have rm vishaka who heads india first life insurance india first life is a late comer in the insurance space rm vishaka took over and she's turned around a loss making entity into a profitable one she's another one to look out for so there you know we have a, we have a number of people uh, in the package it would be difficult to go through all of them but uh, but yeah we we hope we hope people pick up the issue and and go through the names thank you very much varsha for your time on this podcast uh, thanks a lot Great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Abhishek. Thanks. And, and all you listeners, uh, you can get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com as well as on iTunes. And to have someone call you for a subscription of Forbes India, just message Forbes to 51818.